Hello and welcome to the Sail Loot Podcast, where we share our adventures of the sea and help to achieve that cruising life that sets us free. I'm Teddy J, and this is podcast episode 23 with Emmanuel and Saxony on Leela. To all of you regular listeners, I know it has been a while since uh, I have released a podcast. I am sorry for that, but thank you very, very much for all of your inquiries and, um, you know, keeping on with uh, spreading the loot love. A few more updates. I I know that I said that I was only taking a week off last time and it turned into longer. Uh, I do apologize for this and that's all I can do is say that I'm sorry. Uh, Once again, you know, I don't know how to get how personal to get in these podcasts but some personal issues are taking up a lot of time and a lot of thought and insight uh, at this point really so i think maybe what i'll do is try and to write a blog post about it i tend to write you know when i write blog posts it's a little more personal and i put the interviews over here um and i haven't done that in a while anyway so maybe i'll write a blog post and uh put some stuff up in there about what the heck has been going on um at the moment i'm I'm just finding it a little bit difficult to deal with the personal issues go to my day job do all the fun things that summer brings along here in atlanta uh get all my required dives and volunteer time in at the georgia aquarium and coordinate time to conduct interviews edit email create blog posts and all that stuff so it's just taken me a little bit longer um, but just know that sale loot is not going away. You'll just have to deal with a little bit of a random schedule. I will try and get interviews in. I will try and get everything done and edited. Uh, you know, I'd like to maybe do it, make sure that I do it every other week. But we'll just have to see what happens. And hopefully I can uh, start cranking them out more and more often uh, here as uh, things tape shape. Uh, as always, if you're a longtime listener and you have not yet reviewed the podcast and or you want to sign up to be a regular listener, and um, you can go over to sailloot.com forward slash podcast review. You can do everything you need over there, including signing up for the email, uh, the Sailloot email rally. Um, several people have been signing up for website hosting using the Sail Loot Bluehost affiliate link at sailloot.com forward slash Bluehost. If you want to go ahead and build your own website or a blog or anything like that, um, you know, check out a video that I have over on the Way Anchor page that kind of shows you how to do that. And I thank you guys very much for using that affiliate link that is over at sailloot.com forward slash Bluehost. One more thing before we get to our interview for today. I told Brian, who is an aircraft mechanic and internet radio DJ and a sailor, about two months ago that I would help cross-promote a little bit. Brian is an internet radio DJ for a website that caters to veterans. And basically, his job is to keep morale up for the guys and girls that have served the U.S. of A. and have sometimes paid some high sacrifices. So I figured 
what a good cause to go ahead and kind of promote his, uh, you know, radio DJ show. And that show is called Thirsty Thursday with the captain. It's from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time and 5 to 7 p.m. Central time on www.warfighterupradio.com. All right. So let's get on to our interview for the day with Emmanuel and Saxony on Leela. And you can find them over at leelalife.com. Emmanuel and Saxony have such great spirits and such big hearts. They are adventurers at heart and don't want to conform to the typical nine to five ways of doing business and living their lives. They're entrepreneurs, but seem to really be in search of their perfect lifestyle. Personally, I think that lifestyle includes travel, adventures, and being able to sustain that lifestyle while being altruistic and without being extravagant. For now, Emmanuel and Saxony are embarking on a four-month sailing trip. I had the great opportunity of talking to them recently. It was like having a conversation with old friends, actually. Let's go ahead and take a listen to their story about how they've uh, been able to afford their four-month trip, and what their plan is. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome. I am pleased to have Emmanuel and Saxony. They are on Leela. They're not on Leela right now, but that is their boat's name. And you can find them over at leelalife.com. And so I just wanted to say, Emmanuel and Saxony, thank you guys very much. Uh, you, you actually, Emmanuel, you actually uh, reached out to me via an email. And uh, thank you guys for taking the time. It's uh, taken a little bit of time to get this thing scheduled and uh, ever, our schedule's all worked out and ready to go. So uh, thank you guys for joining me today. Thanks, Teddy. It's a real pleasure to be uh, chatting with you today. I'm a big fan of your podcast. And it's uh, it's an honor to be part of it today. Well, good, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I love I love your blog and and everything else. And you've got a and you guys have a pretty great story out there as well. So um, we'll get into it, and I'll and I'll start how I normally start here, and basically ask how the heck did you guys get into sailing? Um, I'll start, and I guess Saxony will go after if that's okay. Sure. Um, I think when I was about 11 or 12 years old, my dad actually bartered uh, a sailboat for a solarium. That's his business. <laughs> and it was a 32-foot sailboat on Lake Champlain. I'm, uh, I'm from Montreal, so it was in upstate New York. Okay. And that's kind of was my first exposure to... We only had the boat for a summer because after that, my dad sold the boat. Um, but it was, it was kind of wonderful. But as a young 11-year-old who didn't understand the dynamics of sailboats and how they heal over, it was also really frightening. <laughs> For me at the time. Yeah. Um, I'm sure some people can relate to that. And that was my first exposure to boating. And I probably thought I would never really pursue that any further than that. Um, and then fast forward probably four years. I was 16 and I had a lawn cutting business, as a lot of teenagers do. And one of our clients owed us, I think, four or $500. And he had a, an old kind of laser type-ish boats just with a dagger board. And uh, I bartered what he owed us for the sailboat and uh stored at my dad's place and it was hard because i had to haul this thing on the roof rack of my jet at the time to get it to the lake (laughs) and you know the lakes around montreal are they're okay but they're not the most appealing places to go for sail or for swim but i took that thing out quite a few times and had some adventures with that boat and that was kind of my second exposure to boating 
And then fast forward many years later, which is only about two years ago when I moved to Vancouver, it'd be British Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, from Kelowna in the Okanagan. And I moved into a co-op, which is kind of an intentional community. Uh, and one of the co-op members who happens to be my age, his name is Curtis, he, we're just chatting one day, um, just as we met, he's a total kite border kind of guy and real outdoorsy guy. And we just, Hey, we should buy a sailboat. Ha ha ha. You know, that wouldn't that be fun? Cause this co-op is literally a seven minute walk away from Burrard Civic Marina, which is right on false Creek, right on the ocean. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think too much of it, but he started looking and lo and behold, he searched for three months online until he found the boat which is the black knight and the black knight is a 27 foot catalina and um it's been the most wonderful that was the best bang for the buck investment of my life i think we paid forty eight hundred dollars for the black knight split three ways three guys and i think after the first weekend we each had our money's worth of fun <laughs> and, and i still own the share in the black knight so that's how i got into i guess sailing in the first place so why if why the black knight real quick the name yeah or uh it came as is it's it's got a black hull <laughs> okay and what sold us instantly has got an asymmetrical spinnaker that has a chess piece like the knight mm-hmm. in black it's a white spinnaker okay. with a black chess piece and we're like oh my god we're sold on this boat we're buying this thing right now <laughs> <laughs> uh so i you know i was just wondering if it had any to do with anybody's love of batman or anything like that so uh, no no but we are black knights i tell you the black knight is is a select club that we're a part of now the three of us and others <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure that's a lot of fun uh all right so saxony how did you get into sailing yeah actually uh pretty similar to emmanuel i kind of grew up in my family my grandfather lived aboard about a 36 foot sailboat when I was 11 or 12. So we would do family vacations, a whole family, about seven of us um, for two weeks, sailing down to the San Juan Islands in the States and being out. And mostly I was on, I think, log watch on on the front of the boat (laughs) as a 12-year-old girl, (laughs) which I think is mostly like a signal for get out of the way. (laughs) But needless to say, I loved it. And I've always been around the ocean. I grew up on Vancouver Island. And so growing up on on the island and on the ocean um, is always something that I've really connected to. And then doing some sailing with Emmanuel on the Black Knight um, kind of rekindled my connection back into sailing um, just this last year. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know... Being part of the four deck crew and looking out for the logs is a super, super important job, actually. So, I mean, it's something that you have to do. Now, did you guys know, you know, about the ins and outs of actually sailing, basically, and uh, everything that it took to navigate and live aboard and, uh, you know, use the sails and all that stuff? Or uh, did you have to relearn all that? Oh, for sure. I don't even think I had learned any of it on my um, very important job of log watch. All right. So certainly our learning curve has been, I'm comparing it to like a cliff overhang more than a curve, actually, <laughs> <laughs> where we're just holding on for dear life at moments to this this learning cliff. Um, so we're learning everything about everything, Teddy. Essentially, we our phrase has been like, we knew nothing about nothing, and now we realize how little we knew. And so I think 
that's that's been a big piece of it is learning how to sail and part of that was sailing the black knight doing weekend trips a lot last summer and, and the 10-day cruise was a part of kind of what like sparked the rest of this so mm-hmm. far for us on on Talila as well yeah i mean i didn't know much of much any uh, at all you know I, i've i guess i have a history of some types of wind sports and uh, my brain works in kind of scientific way so i understand the principles of how boats should sail but definitely the Black Knight was instantly more of a booze cruise kind of boat after work with friends, gin and tonics and so on, than a, a real kind of um, serious sailing experience. Luckily, one of the one of the other partners in the Black Knight, John, he's a, he's an experienced sailor. He used to race for a Canadian team of some type, but he certainly doesn't have that personality now in life anymore. He's really just there to have a good time, yet he infuses knowledge you know, by osmosis or just very gently, not in a, oh, trim this sail, trim that sail. He's just very laid back. So it's been a great learning experience that way. But boy, we knew nothing of nothing. And really, we still don't know much of much. <laughs> well, well, great. So you uh, you haven't necessarily taken any lessons or anything like that, but you're basically learning learning by doing is what it sounds like, correct? Yes, that is correct. Learning by doing. And by, yeah, and by taking friends who are sa- racers sailing. Right. Um, but that's that's always i mean we took a friend out last fall and he we learned so much in one day of sailing with him it was unbelievable um but again no formal training whatsoever yeah i've i've found that that's fantastic about uh sailing on the lake around here too um you know these guys are racers and some of them are instructors and things like that and we all get on the boat and same way but they're not they're not super um you know loud and you know, they tell you what to do, but they explain it nicely as well. So it's really, really cool to get out there uh, whenever I can to go racing with the guys I'm racing with. So, um, so you, did you race? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are races up on the lake locally around here, and I happen to find somebody that a friend's father, it's basically a friend's father, and he's got a boat that he sails and races, you know, pretty much every every Wednesday during the summer and a lot of Saturdays during the winter. And so whenever I can, I go up there and help crew the boat. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. I learn a lot doing that. And then it's kind of crazy to think of the cruiser's mentality sometime too, where you're not necessarily worried, you you know, all right, cool. Yeah, that that's about right. You know, we're not, (laughs) we're, we're not so worried if the sail is shaped exactly correctly to get the maximum amount of speed out of the boat because we're going to sit back and uh, grab a cocktail at this point. So, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's definitely two different schools of thought uh, sometimes, but it's uh, interesting to learn that stuff, I think. so. I think it's. I think in some ways, maybe now looking back, I wish maybe we would have done a bit of crewing on race boats and so on, mm-hmm. just for maybe getting more exposure to more types of boats. Right, it might have informed our decision on boat purchase and and how to go about what we're doing, the adventure we're on, a little bit differently. And we can talk about that obviously as we go forward here. But right, I, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I mean, we, I I, yeah. I was about to say, you know, reading reading through uh about the boat and everything it it seems like you were you were pretty well stuck on uh the type of boat that you got with with Leela. <laughs> mm-hmm. we've been that's been a funny conversation today so far as we've been like okay so what if we were buying a boat now after what we've learned and what we've done in terms of repairs and just our own exposure and, and knowledge base yeah. having increased so much what would we do now and we kind of think okay we've been we've been talking about this would we do something different when we look at a different boat um and then we go through the boatyards and all of the boats that we look at and we're like oh isn't that beautiful are yeah. all the same style still yeah. and so i think we're quite blind 
we're romantics at heart, obviously. Well, well, great. Well, 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 good. That that's good. At least, at least you know you picked you know the right the right one and the right kind. So, um, all right. So, it, Emmanuel, it sounds like what I got out of that, some of that, is that you have kind of been an entrepreneur, an adventurer, and y- I know you both sort of have been. You both have very adventurous spirits, it seems, and. uh but I mean, you had a long lawn cutting business at age sixteen, where somebody owed, owed you five hundred dollars. Yeah, so yeah, it was a great way to make money when you're in your teens to mow some grass. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, you yeah. you you did a really good job at it, and and if somebody owed you five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, we had a at our peak. I think we had something like thirty something clients. We had a, a pickup truck. We painted fluorescent green. <laughs> We're called the Lawn Boys. No, it was it was a good little business. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, and then you went on and you were a mechanical engine. You got your mechanical engineering degree at some point. Yeah, I went, uh, right through school, got a mechanical engineering degree, having no idea really what I was going to do with it. I was just, I guess I liked remote control planes as a teen. So aerodynamics and I thought, Oh, I'll become an aeronautical engineer. But after quickly realized that I think in order to be a, you know, any decent aeronautical engineer, you have to get a PhD in that kind of field. And I thought, Oh, that's not my cup of tea. So I graduated with the engineering degree was really no idea what I was going to do. I traveled for a year, uh, in another, in a vehicle I converted for skiing and surfing and so on mm-hmm. and, and got a job essentially by accident. I just needed money and I landed as an HVAC engineer. So I designed building systems, mechanical heating, cooling, geothermal, solar thermal, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I guess my career kind of took off and I, I spent five years working for somebody else and then I quit and started my own business and grew that little business and that was good and successful and then I sold that business to a larger business and I became a partner in the larger business which was my most recent gig and I was unhappy not in part uh, kind of at what I was doing um, I think after 11 years of sizing ducks and pipes for a living it just kind of gets a little monotonous right and also just working within a partnership of really really good people good honest you know trust every one of them but just generational and value gap um, in terms of what we want out of life mm-hmm. and the kind of uh, a kind of kind of where we want to be at the finish line right and uh, so that's what kind of I was looking for the next adventure and I met Saxony and and we thought we well let's buy a boat and let's go sailing <laughs> for what that's worth <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so during that time, were you even uh, so like before you met Saxony and you were doing all this work? It, it sounds like a fairly uh, it sounds like a fairly typical engineering job that you had. You know, I I, I yeah. under I understand what you were doing because while I was in school, becoming you know getting my mechanical engineering degree, I had a job where I was doing the exact same thing. I worked for an HVAC contractor, and I was sizing duct. I was sitting in there using AutoCAD and all those drawing things and everything yeah. else for buildings, and <laughs> yeah, and doing exactly that. And you know, sizing duct, sizing pipe, getting all that stuff, you know, ready to go. And when I started mechanical engine, my mechanical engineering degree, I had no idea that HVAC stuff was such a big part of the mechanical like process and thing like that. That is totally not what I meant to get into um, when I, when I, when I started school. So even though I had that job, I was like, I am not going to try and keep this job after I'm done with school. It was anyway. Um, 
I, I can relate to what you're saying 100% because the first day I came home from my first job, I was you know 28 or whatever, I think I almost cried when I got home. And I, I, I just thought, oh my gosh, what have I landed into? But I, I literally, I'd been traveling for a year and I had no more money. I owed money, really. And is I, I need a job. And you know how it is. You, you kind of get good at something and you get some successes at it. And, and you know, it, was, it hasn't been all bad. I've done some really cool projects and really cool stuff. So it hasn't been all bad, but it's certainly not. Now that, you know, it's been 11 years, I'm thinking, okay, let's say I got another 20, 30 years of work ahead of me. I, I got to change direction here. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I totally understand. And at that point in time, though, were you even thinking about, Hey, I'm gonna take off for some period of time and and get out of here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much since day one, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I guess part of the reason I sold my business mm-hmm. um, was as a sole proprietor of a consulting business, and I'm sure a lot of sole proprietors of service type business that you sell hours can agree and, and relate to this. It's very hard to have any value in your business, and it's it's harder even to say one day, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. And in construction consulting, which HVAC is, you know, we have projects that last two, three, four years sometimes. So if I were to tell them all my clients and my staff and so on, you know what, I'm going sailing. So, you know, have fun. (laughs) That doesn't quite work. So sailing to a bigger outfit with more partners was a way to transition slowly out of the career and ensure that all my staff and all my projects would continue on. So it was kind of a three-year exit so to speak. Gotcha. So were you, were you saving for sailing at the time? Um, no, not at first. Um, you know, I, I lived a pretty, it's interesting. That's a, that's a huge, I got so much, uh, I guess, learning experience that has happened in the last years on that. I had a house in Kelowna and I had, you know, I had a lifestyle, I paraglided and I traveled and all this stuff. So I was kind of spending what I was making and every year I was making more and every year I was spending more. Um, but when I moved to Vancouver, I moved into a co-op, as I was saying, and my rent went from a mortgage of about 2500 a month all in with utilities mm-hmm. to 575 a month all in. Nice. And I was making good money. So that was all of a sudden I just kind of had this click in my life. Wow, if I really cut down my expenses and I make decent money, um, I could be saving a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it was really only... I'd say a two-year or maybe a year-and-a-half period where I really stepped on the saving pedal. Okay. So did you yeah. did you sell that house? Yeah, I sold the house in Kelowna, lost money uh, because I, I bought at the wrong time in the market. Right. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, so you win some and you lose some, eh, I guess, in the business world. And in this case, I lost some. <laughs> right. Um, but you carry on and uh, paid off that debt and, uh, and then just started saving. So you mentioned... You know, in in the email that you sent me, you you mentioned other, did you get into real estate other than that? Yes, I I did. Yeah. Yeah. At one point I purchased a rental property um, with my girlfriend at the time and we renovated it. It was actually two property, two houses on one lot. And um, again, we just mistimed that. We got in right at the peak of the market. Um, And by the time we were done with the project and ready to sell, the market had just started tanking, and in Kelowna, in the Oak, in the British Columbia, is a resort kind of town. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and uh, so it's it it kind of it's very fluctuating with the petroleum dollar. So as soon as uh, the economy went down, the resort economy just went to tank, and I got I got hit pretty hard by that. And it yeah, I got hit for you know four or five years pretty hard. 
Okay. And this was all while you were, uh, were you running your own consulting business at the time or were you? Actually, I started my consulting business October 2008, which is the month the Lehman Brothers went down. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked out great. Yeah. Lean, lean, mean machine in your basement at first and then you slowly grow and it worked out. It it worked out great. So that I lost money in the real estate, made money in in engineering. So I can't slide engineering too much. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Okay. All right. I I, I want to ask you about numbers, but um, yeah, can yeah, I can do. I can I ask I, how much you sold your business for? Sure. Yeah. So I told you by email that one of the things I love about your podcast, and I I, I sense a lot of people like about your podcast, is how mm-hmm. you get into the numbers because that's what we all want to know. So I sold my business for one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Nice. Okay. Um. And, and did you save and, all of that money? Yeah, well, most of it, what happened is most of it got transferred into shares of the next business that I was a partner in because it was a much larger business, right? Right. Unfortunately, what happened at that business um, is we grew so fast. We essentially, again, doubled in size in three years mm-hmm. um, and made money for three years, which is pretty impressive to you know not go into debt and so on in any way, shape, or form. But our profitability went way down. So after three years of being in the, in the large engineering firm, my shares were worth pretty much... In fact, exactly the same amount that I'd sold them for three years earlier. Gotcha. So when I cashed out, um, just recently, really, I don't even have the check in the mail yet. Um, it's the same value that I sold my business for. So basically, it's still the $120,000. Sort of. Part of that went to pay. It's a, it's a transaction that happened where they gave me a, a, a My business was worth more than the percentage ownership I got in a new company. So they gave me a part of it cash, but that went to paying off the money I lost in real estate in part. Gotcha. So in the end, in the end, 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 end of the day, I'm getting $80,000 okay. for the transaction. Gotcha. Which, which is tax free because I've already paid taxes on it and I, it's all set up with my accountants. So it's kind of a real $80,000. Right. Okay. And then since then, you. you or, you know, since you and Saxony decided to uh, go ahead and set sail, uh, you guys have been saving money. Yes. Okay. All right. Saxony. Mm-hmm. You, you are an adventurer yourself. You have traveled several, several places. Um, have uh, All right. What I was reading is, have you done most of that, like playing volleyball? Yeah, I was um, I was able to have a volleyball scholarship for my university education, which was a great experience actually down in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so I studied there and I came back and worked some and uh, was working in a, in a job. I, I studied psychology. And right. so the career outcomes with an undergraduate degree in psychology are, are not as exciting, maybe even as as mechanical engineering moving into HVAC types. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was working in a job that really just wasn't exciting for me and I had had some friends who had been playing professional volleyball and I was able to connect and send some information and some highlight videos which I think I'll, I'll be able to look at in a few years as glory days um, to some professional teams in Indonesia and able to go travel there and live in Indonesia for four months and play professional volleyball for for one of the teams in Jakarta in mm-hmm. the city there and 
be able to travel afterwards, which was a great way to essentially earn the same salary that I'd been working in this really uninspiring job in Burnaby, BC, mm-hmm. um, to be able to live and travel in, in, a, in a new country. Well, and were you spending less money in Indonesia as well? Yeah, they uh, there was a really cool setup and they pay for your living expenses and your food and they travel you wherever you're going. And so essentially there's no cost to the experience of getting to play um, play volleyball and and live costs-free essentially mm-hmm. for four and a half months, which was which was just a great experience and actually is, is kind of down the road how Emmanuel and I met because I met a girl playing there who was also from British Columbia who was playing for another professional team, um, who's how Emmanuel and I met, I guess, like seven years later. Well, look at that. Mm. It's all connected. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excuse me. So, so you were both living cost-free and making the same kind of salary that you were making in psychology is that is that right yeah that's right i mean i wasn't working in psychology i was working in right. a, a post-secondary school actually um right. doing okay. some transcript review and things like that right. um and so i mean it was a no-brainer it was about i got the contract awarded and three days later i was flying out i'd quit my job um and said i'm leaving i have a much more exciting thing to do um, which which was neat and that everyone understood uh, so it was it was a no brainer decision. Yeah, no, it sounds like a no brainer decision to me. Uh, you are gonna go do something you love. Uh, it's gonna be cost free, and so I'm assuming that you saved all of that money to go and travel. Is yeah, that- I saved that money to go and travel. I came back and worked again, actually, for seven or eight months, and then went traveling again back into Southeast Asia and did about four months again backpacking, and and. Just checking out different experiences, which was kind of how I see the whole point of earning money mm-hmm. anyways, is to be able to go and travel and, and to just experience all, all the different things that, that might be there. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And so let's kind of get back to I'm, I'm sort of I'm sort of piecing everything together here. Were you were you saving to sail at that point in time or just saving to get out and travel? Just saving to get out and travel. I mean, honestly, it's funny as you ask these questions, I'm even realizing like how quickly we made this decision and, and said, OK, would you want to buy a sailboat? Let's buy a sailboat. OK, right. we're doing it. And, then, and, <laughs> and, and so our turnaround time from kind of the conception of the idea to birthing and actually having a sailboat is quite short. So I've always been um, and, and that's a part of it's the work that I do. I work in um, in crisis counseling and suicide prevention is that it is a very um, low paying job and industry in terms of how we value, I guess, this type of work even. Um, and so I've always lived very simply and, and saved as much of my salary as possible. Um, and, and that's in terms of the activities I choose to do and how I, how I travel. Um, also connects to just spending as little as possible and living as much as possible within that. Right. I, yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, I, lo- I love um, where you guys are staying when you guys are down in the States, by the way. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. Um, Thank you. Do you ski, Teddy? I do. I do. Yeah. And okay. and, and that just sounds fantastic. <laughs> like you your, your story of getting in that thing and traveling around to different ski places is is 
great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Saxony, are you are you doing that now as well? Yeah. So right now, um, I'm even on a break from that. Right now, I'm working at the Crisis Intervention and Suicide Prevention Center up in British Columbia, and um, it's a really awesome job and really connected and meaningful for me and and the work that it is. Um, and and I mean, there's some trade off in that in that. The compensation is is not very high for this type of work, but it's tricky. It's that balance between, I guess, for me, meeting needs on how I feel engaged and, and purpose in what I'm doing, and also looking at what is needed to actually do this adventure that we're that we're <laughs> wanting to go on in terms of compensation. And so that's that's a conversation we've been having more and more. I think Emmanuel and I, which is has been interesting <laughs> as a dynamic um but as a reality i guess um so for this job right now they're giving me three and a half months leave I, I asked for this summer to take time off and go on this on this shakedown cruise and spend some time away from work and, and also take a look at kind of where we would want to land right you know, with our idea of what this adventure might mean and what, what this means in terms of our, our careers and how we're looking at all those different pieces falling into place. Well, cool, cool. So, I mean, that that's pretty awesome that they'll give you three and a half months off, too. Yeah, they're they're great. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful group of people. Um, and, yeah, it's super nice. Everyone's really excited for me, yeah. actually. Yeah. And, Emmanuel, are you still working right now? Uh, yeah, it's complex, but uh, so my official last day was April 17th. Okay. Um, but as you know, in consulting and projects and so on, you can't just do a clean break. Sure. So I'm, I'm still working one or two days a week, some in the office, some remotely just tidying up projects and reports and studies and so on like this. But June 1st is our planned departure date. And at that point, I mean, I'll still be available for a phone call if I happen to be checking my phone at that moment when they call, but I'm I'm officially gone for good. Okay. And so you are still, like, you are also still getting paid, like, a salary or something like that. Is that true? It's, yeah. You know, I thought when I was, when I sat down with our president, I told him, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to essentially punch me in the face and tell me to get out of there and never, ever come back, you know? Right. And it's been entirely the contrary. He took me and across the board, I got 10 business partners and every one of them was like, right on. Wow. Show us pictures of this boat. I wish we'd have done that. Why? You know, yes, you should be doing that. Maybe you were too young to be a partner in engineering firm, blah, blah, blah. Just the general across the board, not only to my partners and my clients is I wish we would have done something similar. So what they did is uh, very nice of them is they've kept me on, I guess, payroll. So I get benefits until the end of uh, May. Which is especially nice. important for us Canadians. Yeah, it's nice because we're working in the U.S. on the boat with power tools and so on. So an injury down there would be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through work, we get really good coverage. So they kept me on until then. And then I just get paid for the hours I work. They, they essentially pay me my old salary on an hourly basis. Right. Is what, yeah. Okay. Well, well, cool. So you're, you know, yeah, okay. Uh, that That's that's pretty awesome. That's very nice. And yeah. Across the board, clients, even some old clients are calling me and can you help us with this? You know, it's just a few hours. We can pay you separately, whatever. It's just been very, very, lots of support across the board. I think ultimately everybody dreams of such a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think people admire those who do it and are willing to help them out in any way they can. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Oh uh, yeah, I mean that that just sounds like a fantastic. I I kind of look at my the president of my company, and I haven't you know, and I'm like, man, if I ever tell him that I want to get out of here for like three months at a time, he will not be happy. Uh, and uh, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe 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 that's completely not true. Uh, we'll we'll see someday. Now, you know? Well, when my work, uh, they I asked them. I said, well, I'd like to take four months off this summer. And they said, okay. <laughs> What if we say no? <laughs> and I said, "Well, you know, I'd still really need, I'd still need to go on that four months trip." Right. So they were like, "Okay, okay." We just wanted to know where we all stood. <laughs> it was a funny moment, actually. Yeah, Teddy, I've been wondering something about. I mean, doesn't your president listen? I mean. Is there any chance he could find this podcast? Absolutely, there's a chance he could find this podcast. Uh, but he um, he's not a sailor. He's not really a boater. And um, sure, I, I guess he could he could figure that out. Um, I just don't think he's uh, currently searching for sailing podcast in iTunes. So <laughs> good for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, at the moment, sure. And if he finds it, hey, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. So. <laughs> you might be surprised by his reaction, as I was by the ones I've received. Yeah, no, I, and that, that's very true. I very well might be surprised by his reaction. And so, hey, you know, if that's the case, that would be fantastic. And I'll take four months off, you know, uh, <laughs> or longer. Who knows? Um, uh, maybe I'll may, maybe I'll get that break uh, that Sherry was talking about. Uh, you know, break from work. So yeah, it's it's it, it even I'd say it's even positive for organizations. The conversation that flowed out of this because we just happened to have a partners meeting a couple of weeks after I chose to talk to the president about this, and he didn't tell the other partners. And he brought me, he invited me. He said, "Still come to this partners meeting." And he says, "I want to talk about work life balance in our company." Because uh, he's a new president. The previous president was a bit of a different mentality. And it was his, his first meeting as a new president. And he said, let's talk about how we all feel about this, which is very rare in an engineering office to talk about how we feel about things. Right. And, and you know, he kind of brought up the subject and he looked me in the eyes with kind of our cue together. And he said, you know, so, you know, Manny, what do you think about this? And I was like, well, you know, if I can speak my heart here without telling them I'm leaving. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is what I think. And, and it was it was very positive. It's It's almost like everybody felt something was wrong in the company culture and wanted to see it changed. So I think it's been positive for the organization even to have me kind of go through this process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's amazing. I think if companies could like sit down and have those conversations and figure out a way to say, okay, people are allowed to take their whatever, I don't know, six month, year, whatever break, uh, people might respond very very happily to that i guess so um you know i I don't know not everybody's looking for that long either and so i I don't know if companies could find a way to to work that out uh that that would be fan you know that that would be fantastic Um, it would yeah so let's get back to you your guys story a little bit uh when did you meet oh (laughs) we met at a halloween party in 2013 okay at some friend's place. Was it actually and October 31st? I think so, because it was the Parade of Lost Souls and so on, wasn't it? Yeah, it, I think I it think was. It was. The, definitely there was costumes, and Emmanuel was dressed up as a, a cranky old grandmother, which... Yeah, it was hilarious. It was a, it was a great uh, foundation to it, meet somebody. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit scary that you were attracted to that, Saxony. 
I know. I keep saying, how did you even through? I mean, I rented a walker. You know what? The, you can go to like the, the pharmacy and rent those. <laughs> it was the funniest thing in the world. And she, yeah. And we, and we had such a good time that night. And um, I remember the moment I just actually saw Saxony. I just came into this house and my friend was ahead of me. And he said, oh, you're going to meet this girl. She reminds me of such and such person. And as he said that, he just stepped aside to go into the living room, and there was Saxony right up against the wall, right there. And I was like, oh, how high. And she was dressed as a little, like a Toreador or something, I think. I can't even remember. Some. Yeah, it was funny. Something. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and were you there with your friend from playing volleyball? Yeah, that's how we met our good friend yeah. Izzy. And, there was a connection. And that was a connection, actually, that night. Awesome. Yeah. And, it, and it took a month for me to build up the courage to invite her sailing on the Black Knight. Right. Uh, and a little more than a month, actually. I think it was December when you came sailing for the first time on the Black Knight, which I just bought the boat in September, so it's not like I was some uh, experienced uh, sailor at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we had a beautiful day. It was sunny in December in Vancouver, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world to be at and on those days. And we crabbed for the first time that day, and we caught a whole bunch of crabs. Nice. Yeah, and you can pull into Granville Island here in Vancouver, and, and and you can tie up for free for three hours with power. So we tied up and bought some garlic butter at the uh, the Granville Island market and mm-hmm. just had a feast of crab and garlic. We, we had other friends on the boat, not just her and I. And it was just a magical day, and, and so it began. Awesome. How do you crab? Do you just, like, throw chicken necks over the side with a hook uh, on them? Uh, no, well, yes. Yeah, so there's this awesome little Asian-owned uh, uh, um grocery store right next to where we live and they sell for like a dollar 25 cents chicken bones and chicken necks and so on like you just mentioned right so you can get a, a trap it's kind of a one-way flapper trap and okay. you just put a bunch of chicken stuff in there and the crabs go in and it's, we call it turning uh, water into wine yeah, <laughs> yeah. you turn a dollar 25 into five or six juicy male crabs of the right size <laughs> now are you moving at the time no, no. So, so it's you, the best thing. So you go and you go out for a sail. You drop the crab trap. Mm-hmm. You go sailing and have a gin tonic, and then you come back, pick up the crab trap, and it's always crabs in it in Vancouver. It's unbelievable. That's amazing. It is. It's it's kind of really incredible. And we also have great prawning here, which uh, mm-hmm. is also it's I mean higher up on the scale of goodness. Cool. So, cool. Yeah, we're lucky. Yeah, 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 you are. Um, all right. So, how many people went in on this twenty-seven foot? It, well, is it a how, how many people went in on the Black Knight? The Black Knight, Catalina twenty-seven. Okay. Three of us went in. So, our, I think it was sixteen hundred dollars each. Our investment. Okay. Um, and then Moorage, right downtown Vancouver, uh, right under Grand uh, Burrard Street Bridge, is three hundred and thirty a month. So, split three ways is hundred and ten a month. That's awesome. Um, it's crazy good. I mean, I can't. I tell people I have a boat, and they assume, immediately assume you're a millionaire. And you're like, no, my investment in this is a month and a half's worth of rent for the average person. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And so, are are you like, are you keeping your stake in the Black Knight? That's a very good question. So yes, I'm keeping the. I wanted to sell my stake, but my partners didn't allow it because we are <laughs> Black Knights right. after all. And that's a very sacred group. So I'm keeping the underlying asset, I guess, or my share in the boat. But I said I can't spend any more money on maintenance or or moorage every month because I'm spending so much money on Leela right now. So what we've done is other friends have stepped in and they're now, they don't own the boat underneath, but they pay moorage and maintenance. So the Black Knight group is expanding and it's still tied to the co-op I lived. So it's just this beautiful story where now the co-op has one resident who still is tied to the Black Knight and has access to the boat. It's just really great. Nice, nice. Um, I, 
you know, and that it, it, that that's a pretty awesome story about you know a way to get utilize have great friends um utilize and use the sailboat and go sailing and you know the classic story of hey do you want to go sailing so that saxon you and saxony can uh <laughs> go ahead and and uh you know have your first date and everything else so um so how long after that did you guys look at each other and say we're gonna let's let's buy a boat and take off for a little while yeah, I guess that was in December, and then we did a weekend trip to Gambier Island, which is um, just just about a, a half a day sail from Vancouver, and that was in June, and that was the day I think we both were like, God, this is a great lifestyle, this is awesome. It was sunny and warm. Would you ever want to do that? <laughs> Maybe we should do that, and um, and then in September, we bought Lila. So well, before then, we had the ten-day trip to Desolation Sound. Oh yeah, that's right. We we spent ten days cruising in Desolation Sound, um, which was which was a magical trip. And it wasn't all um, you know roses and fairy tales. We had to change the Joker valve on on the toilet that got backed up and didn't have a toilet for the whole trip. And um, it had a bit of weather, a bit so of rain. Did, did you get down there and change that valve, Saxony? Or? I was in there, Teddy, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. It was a collaboration. Oh, good, yeah. good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so then from there, that was in July. We um, we had been looking at boats up until that point, even, and and we had about one week before we left for ten days to Burning Man in, in right. August. I guess that was actually, and so actually the day before we left to Burning Man, we uh, took the ferry over to Victoria, which is um, on Vancouver Island, and. And that morning we looked at this boat, Leela, which was free to roam at the time, and put an offer in as we were driving down to Nevada to Burning Man on the boat that now we own. Yeah. Awesome. And so you're talking about June and July of 2014, correct? That's right. Just yeah. last summer. So yeah. just last summer. So not very long ago. <laughs> How much did you pay for Leela? Um, we paid $52,500. Okay. Um which included the dinghy and the motor, which is an old motor, uh, Canadian funds that is. Okay. Which was important because we lo- we looked at boats in the U.S. as well, but we the import fee into yeah. Canada was something like twelve to nineteen percent, depending on how the transaction went through, whether it was through a broker or a private person, mm-hmm. or whether the boat was built in Taiwan or whether it was built yeah. in the U.S. Exactly. Just so so it's a huge cost, right? And plus the exchange rate, which wasn't as bad last summer as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was still pretty bad. So for us to find a good, and it was a good boat. I mean, compared to the other boats we saw, uh, Leela, which is a Union 36 boat, 36 foot classic, right? Double ender, just a big, heavy, full keel boat. So we paid 52.5 for that boat. And then I would say since then, which is, um, we've spent probably, I mean, it's all tracked, but I haven't summed up the spreadsheet lately, but it's around... Twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars to get her okay. to where we are now. Is she ready? She's almost <laughs> ready. I mean, it's we're two weeks away from departure, right? That's a funny question, isn't it, Teddy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It is actually. Yeah. Yeah, she's getting close. I mean, we our focus so far on the repairs has been the structural and mechanical needs on it mm-hmm. um and there's so there's a bunch of the things we'd love to do um including you know extend the v-birth because we're both quite tall manual six four and i'm six feet tall 
um, in terms of making it more livable, but um, structurally, yeah, we're getting very close to, yeah. to what needs to happen. And all the major components are done. We have to have the rudder removed and re-glass because the fiberglass was cracked and it was waterlogged. So that was a big expense. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it just adds up. Every, th- every time you go to the store, you, know, you walk away with a $50 bill. Right. And you do that twice a day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so how did you afford it? Uh, so, okay, I guess the intricacies of the deal, I think, is we both put in, I think at the time, about half the value of the boat in our savings that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we put the rest of it on a line of credit just until I got, we knew I was going to quit. Of course, that had not been told to my partners then, but we just knew there was money coming. Right. Um, we also didn't know we were going to spend so much on the boat fixing it up over the winter. So we thought, well, okay, by next April, the boat will be completely paid off. Then I'm going to get all my share money and we're off cruising. Right. Um, but it's not how it happened. It turns out that essentially all the money that we were going to spend saving, or just all the money that we were going to save went to essentially fixing the boat in real time on a month to month basis. Okay. Um, and then, and then I think we still have, I don't know, at this point, probably $20,000 on the line of credit, which will be erased and wiped out in just a few weeks here. Okay. Yeah. Great. And so do you have uh, money? So what, all right, what's your plan <laughs> then? I Like we've been talking about it, like sort yeah. of the entire time is the fact that you're going to go for four months somewhere, but explain what your plan is to take off and where you're going to go. That's a very good question that we're that we're we're still talking about here. You take this one. So short term, this summer we've got a pretty good sense of what we want to do, which is mm-hmm. coastal cruising in BC and and exploring what we've heard of some of the most beautiful cruising grounds from from a lot of what we've read and a lot of people that we've talked to. Um, so Desolation Sound and Princess Louisa Inlet and and up Johnson Strait to. Uh, the northern tip of Vancouver Island, and we'd love to to cross over into Haida Gwaii, which is also um, was known as the Queen Charlotte Islands, and then the coast, uh, the, maybe the west coast of Vancouver Island, which would get us into maybe some more open water. Um, so that's our initial piece, um, which we kind of laugh at ourselves because we're like, okay, what if we hate this? Like, well, well, we're seasick all the time, or or scared, or scared, <laughs> or scared. <laughs> um, and so it's it's a real exploratory adventure this this summer, which is interesting in terms of how much money we're putting into the boat and the repairs and the type of boat that we bought for it to feel so exploratory is a bit of a contrast um, to the actions that we've taken to the mentality that we're going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we really came to it of like let's yeah let's do this four months and then we'll come back and work through the winter and then the spring and then take off for mm-hmm. a, a longer journey you know a year or something like this. Um, and recently, for some reason, that's shifted a bit in terms of that immediacy of when we would take off on this bigger trip. And we're both really not certain of what's shifted for that. Emmanuel, yes, has had some opportunity. Um, but there's been some shift for us. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's also our own fatigue and how much we've been working on the boat lately. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to answer that question, I guess, Teddy. We've had we had these dreams when we bought this boat, obviously for the type of boat that we did buy um, beyond this four month summer. Right. But it's hard to say, I guess, um, our climate right now for 
for what it means after that. You guys are doing okay, right? Your relationship's all right. I know you recently. <laughs> I know. I know you recently moved in together, and like you're you're testing out whether or not you can live together. All that's going okay, you know. Everything else. <laughs> well, right now, I mean, it's yeah, it's going well. There's definitely highs and lows and points <laughs> for sure. Um, and it's hilarious. We're trying to keep a pretty good sense of humor through all of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even right now, we um, Emmanuel moved into the apartment that I'm in, and and we've rented that on Airbnb for the past ten days. That's something that I was doing to supplement my own income over the last year. And and so we don't even have a pad right now in Vancouver. We're staying at Emmanuel's old uh, co-op. co-op in the guest room so. on a single bed. <laughs> like, we're saying it's like college. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's we, it's just sorry, fantastic that you two are both uh, at least on board and adventurous enough to do stuff like that. So whatever, keep keep going. Whatever you were saying, uh, we did. Well, we did come at it really from let's buy this boat, let's go traveling, extended periods of time. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm done with my job. Even you at first were thinking mm-hmm. I'm I'm quitting my job, mm-hmm. and we're just going to do four months, work again, and go off again. But uh, who knows if that's going to work out, but at the end of the day, we're still going to have a very seaworthy boat that's going to be real nice and fixed up and that we're going to enjoy being on. So, and, and also I want to, you know, I guess our first time we thought, let's do this for real was a two day trip for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, wow, okay, well, well, let's do a 10 day trip to Desolation Sound. And at the end of the 10 day trip to Desolation Sound, we're like, oh my God, let's do this some more. So now we're doing a four month trip. And so now the question is, will be what will be at the end of the four month? We'll be like, oh my god, let's do this for two years, or will we be just, this was awesome, and uh, let's keep this boat and let's have it as our summer cottage? I have no idea. We don't really know, I guess. Okay. Well, well, that's great. So, how for this four month trip, um, how much have you saved up for this four month trip? Well. I th- we have the money, I guess. So um, <laughs> I think we're budgeting. I think from everything we've read on the blogs and so on online, people seem to be able to pull it off for about two thousand a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, our boat is simple. Like we've purposely deleted complex systems so that there's little to to go wrong. We plan on anchoring as much as possible. I think we can do it for less than that. Mm-hmm. But you know, if we if we spend six to eight thousand dollars, I think for four months, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have a pretty cushy lifestyle. We'll spend ten days in Vancouver, end of June, anchored in our own city, but as tourists, doing nothing but having a good time. Yeah. So the cost expenditure will be a little higher then. But the rest of the time, when we're out in the boons, it's pretty remote up there. I don't think there'll be much expense. Okay, great. So you've basically saved, let's say, eight to ten thousand dollars in order to go take this four-month trip. We actually have the money at this point that we could Stay take longer. the four-month four trip. Work well. We, we wouldn't have to work for the winter, but just we don't. You know, it's gonna be the fall, and we got to do something. We don't want to take off on the boat in the fall somewhere. Mm-hmm. I guess you could go down the coast, but we're not ready for that yet. So I guess we could keep going. But what we what we have enough money right now to do, if we chose to, would be do the four months of summer work for the winter and save some more money i guess or probably spend it on further boat repairs or life raft and stuff like that and then in <laughs> the probably, spring probably a good uh, investment <laughs> yeah probably a good investment and then in the spring take off for we could probably go for at least a year and a half to two years probably awesome yeah yeah uh, so that, that's an option <laughs> that's an option but you're figuring out whether or not you basically really want to do that is what it sounds like yeah, and also, do we really want to end up at the end of this trip with zero dollars in the bank? Right. Okay. So you. All right. Yeah. 
So that's another question that people have asked. Um, is all of your savings like going towards, you know, some people out there have things like, you know, like retirement accounts and all of these other things. Is all of your savings right now like basically in a kitty to go sailing? Yep. Okay. Yeah, basically. I have a very I have a very small uh, pension contribution mm-hmm. that's set aside. But essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way it is right now. Yeah. And I, and that doesn't sit right with both of us mm-hmm. to just spend all the money. Now there's still the underlying boat value, which is not an inexpensive boat. Um I mean it's not an expensive boat, but it, there's still a, a, a fair value there that we could transform into a down payment on a house afterward or whatever we want to do. But you know what? I don't think it's it's a good move to just end up with zero dollars at the end of this adventure. And that might be where I think our shift in thinking has come from in terms of looking what that might mean for us mm-hmm. um, in terms of our comfort level to to go without. Sure. It sounds like you want to come back with something so that when you come back, you can, you know, maybe start land life again if that's yeah. what you want to do and not put all of your eggs uh, so to speak, in one in one basket of using all of your money while you're out there on the water. That's right. Okay. That's right. Cool. Yeah. But on the positive uh, side of that, I mean, the number of people we've met through our cruising last summer and so on, from all walks of life, um, old and young and rich and not so rich, do it now. And and I've heard this through your podcast as well, right? It's It's the constant mantra of do it now because... You only have one chance of this. So I'm not saying we're going to spend all our money, but we're going to spend some of our money doing this for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, You know, I had friends that did it for eight months to a year, basically, during non-hurricane season down in the Caribbean. They came back. They sold their boat. They traveled around the world on their on flights. And then, you know, they're they're back at work, you know. There you and go. So, but they're thinking about doing it again because, you know, uh, at, at some point in time uh, down the road doing it, you know, doing it again. So cool. Cool. So. All right. One more time. When you got when do you guys set sail? We set sail on June 1st, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, our goal is June 1st and we're going to splash the boat on the 26th of okay. May. And so uh, we've got our Excel spreadsheet that Emmanuel is uh, the master of, and and we've got a, a lot to do up until then. So far, we've been doing like 13-hour days on, on the boat, getting our projects complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is June 1st, and, and part of that is my dates for my leave from work are fixed. And so there's not a, a lot of flexibility in that, and we really want to maximize the amount of time that we can be out on the water and have a pace for us that is really just curious and slow and exploratory and sailing as much as possible cool so tell me a little bit more about your your schedule of uh of getting the boat ready um so it sounds like you guys are down in the states in washington in bellingham washington for several days a week yeah, we're down there. First of all, Bellingham is the coolest city ever. So that I want to put that out there. <laughs> Big shout out to Bellingham and our friends over there. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, we're there five days a week. And then we resurface in Vancouver for about two days a week just to, I got to go to the office in Saxony. You kind of, you come in and out a bit because she works on Saturday. So you come on set up mm-hmm. here. But so it's about five days a week down there and two days a week in Vancouver right now. Um, and we're just, once when we're down there, it's very it's actually 
I, I really enjoy it personally as a big change from my previous life in uh, consulting because, you know, because we're in the U.S., the plans are very expensive for cell phones. Mm -hmm. So I don't have one. So the only cell phone I use is at night at my buddy's place because he has Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So all day long, no phone, no phone calls, no texts, no emails, no Facebook. And you just work. And it's manual labor as opposed to mind computer screen numbing labor which is also fun sometimes but so it's very positive it's just very relaxing and even though we're working very hard it's just super fun like we enjoy working on the boat to be clear you work on leela yeah yeah okay that's right yeah no. we work on leela when you we say when you say you work yeah i'm not it's not yeah yeah no it's, that's it's right. sailboat work it's uh sailboat yeah work. right yeah yeah and we're learning we are we went from nothing no knowledge <laughs> none whatsoever to uh, now oh my gosh we got an array of fiberglass epoxies and so on that uh, my friend visited the other day and he says this is your epoxies and stuff and like yeah not only that we know when and which ones to use why <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a recipe a cocktail of fiberglass resins and we you, got going you have all of that in, a, in an excel spreadsheet too right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> being the engineer i would you know uh, yeah absolutely the boat the book that we recommend uh, that's taught us almost everything we know is this old boat by don casey okay. for our boat it's been such a, a, a great tool yeah to, to be able to start any project essentially that we've needed to do so far yeah and so lee uh, uh, i'm sorry leela is on the heart as well correct yeah, we're in this. Um, we're actually in this great shop in Bellingham, and it's it's kind of a marine uh, co-op essentially of all these different uh, skilled trades worker and carpentry and welding and and everyone under this one same same roof. And it's run by this this amazing guy who sailed for 19 years with his wife and raised two kids on the sailboat. And and we call him. You know, he gives us a pro tip a day. Essentially, we we say uh, on <laughs> on what we're doing on the boat, and he comes by and checks in on us. And it's just lovely. Every Friday, there's a there's a potluck at noon for everyone who's working in, in the shop and and so we we lucked out in terms of the wealth yeah. of knowledge and just just the care and the, and the nice niceness of the people who who are on, who are working in the shop yeah we're so lucky and that's just in general in boating i found everybody seems so nice yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's i i found the same thing everybody's just willing to talk and and loves it so and willing to give pieces of advice and and help um, everything else. So now, did you guys have to? It, it sounds like you guys did some minimizing on your own, uh, or were already minimized. Saxony, you you were kind of traveling around the world. Uh, did you have? Did, did either of you have much? Let's say minimizing of your lifestyles to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, Saxony, you go ahead. No. Okay. Well, I did. <laughs> 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 I got lots of toys, Teddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So when I moved from Kelowna with my own house and, you know, the whole nine yards and to Vancouver, I minimized a lot, the usual furniture and so on. So moving to the co-op was already a big step down right. or just in terms of possessions. And now this is another trimming of the fat, so to speak. Uh, just tomorrow I'm selling my mountain bike in Bellingham and we're looking at selling my vehicle. Um, we're subleasing. We got a storage unit, which is not very big. So we're just offloading what we don't need. We've subleased the apartment for three months for the summer for it furnished. Okay. The apartment. So you have an apartment. 
we have an apartment we don't own. We rent an apartment in Kitsilano okay. in Vancouver, and okay. we're subleasing it and making $500 a month. <laughs> okay. So that And it's already subleased, it sounds like, because you're living on somebody's single twin bed. Or well, it's, it's sublet for the three-month period, but one thing that I would I have done in the past um, to supplement uh, so my own expenses right. was renting on Airbnb, Airbnb. which has been a, a, a great website and a great tool to, gotcha. to essentially of rent for the for every month that i would do it for yeah right. so this this month this rental will buy us our foul weather gear pretty much nice <laughs> nice yeah Air, exactly. Air, airbnb helping sailors you know that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so, yeah that's oh. what's going on with that cool cool okay uh anything i missed any so how about it what our plan is, and I'm just going to tell everybody at this point in time, is we we kind of talked about it a little bit, but um, I love talking to you guys now to see what your plan is uh, for these four months. And then I hope to talk to you guys again when your trip is over and see how it all went, if things went to plan. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, maybe whether or not you guys are going to set sail for longer at some point in time. Does that, does that sound curious, about right? Too, I'm curious yeah. to see where we're at also, Teddy. That's a great <laughs> Teddy, I think. <laughs> I think already our, our brain process has changed, our, our ideas have changed on many levels, and it'll be really interesting to see where it'll be at in four months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good idea. I totally agree. All right, so do you guys have any tips for people that are, uh, that are, that are trying to get on a sailboat and sail away for a little while? Um. Bob Perry, who's the the designer, you know, of uh, of our boat, and he's kind of a legend in sailing circles. Mm-hmm. He, we met with him. We hired him at first to help us find a boat for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we said we wanted this type of boat, he looked at us and he says, "Why do you guys want a? That's an old grandpa's boat kind of thing." And well, because we love him. And then he just said he realized he couldn't convince us, and eventually he said, "You know, taking off on a boat, sailing on an adventure is a crazy thing. I mean, it's it's not a logical decision." So therefore, might as well do it on something that really moves you. Like in this case, the boat. But I think his, I think the greater concept that he put forward was that this is not a logical thing. This is not a society, a normal path. It's it's probably not the most financially astute path. Um, but embrace the wackiness and just, I guess, go down the path because it's going to work out. I guess, sort of, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tip of embracing the wackiness and uh, yeah, that's right. We will see in four months whether or not it worked out. So yeah, yeah, I, that's how I've lived my life so far, right? You just kind of go down the path and, and you figure it out as you go. There's what other way can you do it? You can overanalyze forever, but I think you just got to move forward and, and, it'll, and, and, and if you have half a brain, it'll all work out. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll all work out. Uh, you guys sound like you're doing it right anyway at this point. Uh, I hope it all works out for you. So we can find you over at leelalife.com. Uh, where else can we find you? Uh, that's our main uh, That's our main piece right now in terms of how we're sharing our sailing adventure and I guess the adventure of us okay. through it so far. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think That'd that's. Be the ticket. I think we're going to add a contact uh, section on the blog because recently somebody tried to contact us and was had to leave a, a comment in the about us section. Sure. 
So that was kind of a lesson. We're learning as we go. We've never had a blog before, so it's kind of a right. Here we go. Figure right. it out as you go. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm glad you emailed me, basically, because I, I had your email address to get in touch with you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I totally agree. Uh, let, let people uh, put up a contact uh, place yeah. or contact form, and people will be able to get in touch with you guys. I really yeah. do love your blog and everything that you're putting up there as well. Oh, thanks, Teddy. It's been neat so far. We've connected uh, with Leah from Sailing with Brio. From right. Sailing with Brio, and it's been neat. It's been fun to connect with some people, and I and I think it kind of speaks to the eccentricity of this this lifestyle of of how much you can connect with people who are embarking on this. And so, it's been nice hearing from people and connecting with them. So, yeah, we love to hear. Yeah, and we love your podcast. Oh uh, well, thank thank you guys very much. Um, that is one of the greatest things uh, for me as well in doing the podcast is getting to talk to people like you two uh, that that are doing this and getting to talk to everybody that I've gotten to talk to. And um, uh, there's there's more on the way, I promise. And, um, you know, I'm just uh, kind of trying to find the time between everything else to... Uh, even with you guys, it took us uh, it took us a couple weeks or so in order to find the right time in order to talk. And uh, I just want to say thank you guys again for joining me because it was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good good blast here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks again, and thanks for uh, yeah hosting, doing what you're doing. It's a lot of work. I can't imagine the amount of work that you're doing on this on top of your regular job. Uh, it it it. Thank you, thank you very much. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say that uh, it takes some work, it takes some time, but uh, it's it's just it's a ton of fun. Like I said, to talk to you guys and then uh, just to put it out there and let everybody listen is is pretty amazing. And connecting, like you said, with those people and uh, sharing, you know, sharing the love with everybody out there about sailing and cruising and uh, taking an adventure is a lot of fun. So. So thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, in a few months when you get back. I look forward to it. Thanks, Teddy. All right, great. Take care. So we will eventually be back with Emmanuel and Saxony and see how everything went and uh, what they want to do next. Of course, you can find all of the sailing stories and preparation and refit stories about Emmanuel, Saxony, and Leela over at leelalife.com. I really do love their blog. They have some great pictures. Some of the photography in there is freaking awesome. Um, And, you know, they have a little page there, too, where they talk about some of the music that they like to listen to. It seems as if uh, Saxony is a uh, pretty good DJ picking out the playlists and some of the music that they like to listen to. Uh, Some of it's... uh, it ranges from everything, and you know, I, I can just tell that they are fantastic people that will have a great time on their adventures to come. They have yet to publish a contact page from what I saw today, anyway. But keep up with their sailing adventure at leelalife.com, and I'm sure that they'll have a contact page up soon. If you listen to this in the future, that statement about the contact page may be completely incorrect. You never know with this whole podcast stuff. They did just splash Leela. I believe it was two days ago now. So it's not, you know, like they've been busy or anything. So 
you know, give them, give them a little bit of slack on the whole contact page thing not being up there yet. If you have any questions about anything for me, please feel free to email me at teddyj at com. I try to respond to every email. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I've got a video about how to get your blog hosted and set up, but uh, it doesn't go much further than that yet. If so, if you have any questions about the steps to take after that, uh, please let me know. You can also ask any questions that you have about sailing, learning to sail, cruising, or anything else that you want. In fact, just shoot me an email about your sailing experiences because, as always, I love hearing those stories. All of the links and resources that are mentioned in this episode can be found on the show notes at sailloot.com forward slash episode 023. Of course, you can find us at sailloot.com, facebook.com forward slash sailloot, and on Twitter at sailloot. The email rally one more time is sailloot.com forward slash email rally. And of course, if you want to sign up to subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, and sign up for that email rally, go ahead and head on over to uh, sailloot.com forward slash podcast review. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really do love you guys. Peace and love to all of you. I hope that all of you can find a way to find your sail loot to live a life rich in experiences. I also hope to meet all of you out on the water someday. Fair winds and following seas. 